Welcome to the Common Humanity Podcast, where we're here to have real human conversations. Today, I am joined by my friend Clay. Um, I met Clay when I worked at the YMCA. He was helping with, I think it was Safe Kids Day. I don't. It was it was some some event. Um, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. And then there was yoga, and then, and then the, then it just all sorts of things. Then we would run into each other on occasion and it was fantastic. Um, and I remember I used to be a scorekeeper for softball and I saw him out on the field one day and looked down at the, uh, the roster and it had T as his first name. And I was like, Clay does not start with a T. And so I tracked him down after the game and I was like, what is this? And then I find out that um, some people know him as Clay and others know him as Taylor because depending on if you grew up with him or if you knew him in adulthood or whatever. Um, and so I've decided he's a super secret spy and, um, that's what I've got as your intro. Other than that, Clay, who are you? Oh, that's a, that's a good one, Chandra. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, my name's Clay Taylor Brow. And uh, let's see, I reside in outside of Douglas, Wyoming, 13 miles outside of Douglas, Wyoming these days. And when I met for, first met Chandra, I was in Cheyenne and um, yeah, kind of a weird deal, just like with the name thing. Uh, I was in treatment there. I was in a substance abuse treatment, so. It was a good, it was a good transition in my life. So I, I think that Clay kind of, you know, that was maybe oh, a different alias or something, something like that, or just a, a renewal, renewal of sorts, maybe. Uh-huh. But yeah, anyway, that's uh, my dad's name. He goes by, he's Clay. Actually, he's Paul Clay Brow, and I'm Clay Taylor Brow. So it's a, it's kind of a funny thing that he and I have, and my grandmother, we go by our middle names and my aunt as well. Uh, yeah. That is, that is interesting. So you all go by your middle names? No, not all. And that's, that's the weird thing. Uh, my, my younger brother and sister, they're, they're, they're called by their first names. <laughs> huh. So it's I, weird. And my uncle. Yeah. Yeah. That, I, I find that interesting. Cause like, I don't know, my oldest son, I had, okay, so my ex-husband's nickname growing up was Lou. And so he was like, I want his middle name to be Lou. And I was like, no, Lou is a toilet. Um, His name can be, <laughs> middle name can be Lewis and you can call him Lou, but I'm like a firm believer that kids should have a name and like a solid name that you can make nicknames out of. That's totally fine. But like a solid name. And Lose a name? I know. No. no. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm willing to bet if you took the amount, like everybody who goes by Lou and ask them if that's their full name or their nickname, I'm willing to bet the majority it's a nickname. Yeah, that's true. I agree. But I also <laughs> have a tendency to 
die on some really awkward hills. So, <laughs> right. Um, so if you don't mind me asking, what so you said you were here for substance treat substance abuse treatment? What? Yeah. What substances were you? We'll go with involved in. Well, uh, mainly alcohol. I, I've uh, I've partaken in or throughout my life too, but uh, I think the the main one, my poison was alcohol, and that's the main one that would uh, really get a hold of me. And so anyway, uh, I guess to to uh, get straight to the point, it was for driving DUIs, driving under the influence of alcohol within ten years. So. Um, and that's a felony in, in Wyoming. Um, so yeah, it was, I, it was lucky that I was even able to go to Cheyenne and to get some treatment there. It was a, it was a pretty pivotal time in my life and it was super good just to kind of elaborate more on you and I's relationship, just like the people at where you work, the YMCA. Uh, we're super welcoming, and that's where we get to go to get a, you know, get a workout in, get out of the center a little bit. So, yeah, that was a, that was a, a good time, good, a real good time. But I, I, and after I didn't stay sober for a, for a while. Let's see, I, I probably stayed sober for two years or something like that. But then, um, yeah, started drinking again and got myself, earned myself another DUI. And here, yeah, here I am today. And I, I, I just like by the grace of I, whatever it may be, you know, it's just a, it's a, you gotta have a change in you. And you, you have to, I guess I feel like I'll be going on on a whole different subject if I start going in on, like, you know, what? I'm ADHD. Stuff, you know, we can that. tangent as much as we need to. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, I, to wrap to wrap it up, I guess um, the substance thing is that um, uh, I don't want to consume alcohol again ever in my life, and it's just a. It's been a thorn in my side for for a good bit, and it's just life's a lot brighter without that stuff. So it's a I agree. yeah, <laughs> good to good to be off the sauce. Yeah. yeah. Um. Well, I do want to commend you. I do think that it is one. It's brave to go through those things. Um. And it's I feel like it's even braver to talk about it. There are a lot of people who go to treatment and then relapse and they don't come back out of it. Um, that's one of the hard things about yeah, right. addiction is that there's there are people who get, um, I would say they get comfortable and they think, like, oh, it's not going to affect me anymore. It's not going to have the hold it had on me at one point in time. I can do it again. And I think most of those people find out that 
when you're an addict, you're an addict even if you're not using. And yeah, addictive behaviors. Yeah, it's just yeah. Um, yeah, I think it, it it's it's all wired, you know, in your brain. You you mm-hmm. you like you you create those pathways, and then you're gonna it can manifest in a lot of different ways, huh? You can take your turn into working out too much or like eating too much or whatever (laughs) that's I mean that's exactly what I was about to say I mean I I guess I self-identify as an addict I have a very addictive personality um in my life I have had an addiction to um diet pills I've had eating disorders which is essentially an addiction to control and controlling what I'm consuming. I've had an addiction to exercise. Um, I've had an addiction to pain. I've had like, my life has just been like me rolling from one thing to another until I went through the process of actually healing and like Mm -hmm. figuring out why I kept running to something external instead of like as I like to put it feeling my shit (laughs) yeah and I um I know last time you were in town we kind of talked about this but I had like the summer after or the summer I quit the Y I started drinking like because I was never really a big drinker because I come from a long line of alcoholics and I was like I'm not gonna do that um but then I did and there was one day where I woke up realizing that I'd almost not woken up and it was the moment where I was like I need to change and that's like I went into therapy three days later and talked to my therapist and like did this whole like had this whole like experience of like facing down my demons and I think that's what really started me on what I refer to as my healing journey um so it sounds to me and correct me if I'm wrong sounds to me like you went into treatment because the courts said you needed to because of mm-hmm. and everything. Is that mm-hmm. correct? Yes. So then I want to know the second time that you, so when you didn't get put into treatment and you decided you don't want alcohol in your body again, what, like what came to you at that point in time? What was, what was your aha moment of, like this needs to stop and I like whatever it was what was that for you I guess I was just like completely defeated I just felt you know I I figured that if I wanted to live a a half half good existence that I I really needed to make some lifestyle changes and because yeah I was just getting to a point where alcohol was yeah I I could I could feel it you know you can feel it when it's really poisoning yeah well it is that every time you consume it you know it's just a 
it's a it's a depressant so i guess the aha moment oh, man I, I think that just uh later down the road just just with more sobriety the aha came a little bitter it, it keeps it keeps building i feel a little little bit more and more uh, mm -hmm. i just honestly i knew that uh, um if i kept going then i i'd lucked out that many times and no one else had gotten hurt or i wasn't dead you know i said i i gotta quit pissing life away and get a hold of myself get have some self-discipline so yeah, it, I think that's good. Uh, I don't know to answer you. It came down the road. <laughs> yeah, it's not, just like you know, not every question <laughs> has. You know how life evolves every day. It does. Um. Okay. So. Yeah. What is, what is something you do for self discipline? That's a great question. It's just, and I need to be better about it, but it's like mindful, mindfulness, living more kind of um, mindful of my actions and just like seeing what habits are being created or something, you know, things like that. And if they're good or if they're bad, it's a, uh, yeah, it's a. It's it's just so easy, you know. It's easy to get caught up in a in a pattern of things, and uh, that's that's what I've been focused on mainly is being real disciplined about yeah about how um what my behaviors are doing or what's what's going on with that. How about you? Is there is there anything good that? To help you keep your balance and stuff or to oh man my like i feel like part of it is the adhd but like um i feel like my entire life is self-discipline because if i don't like if i'm not on my routine i'm a monster <laughs> like right. like today was rough because i worked late like until midnight and one the last two nights and have not gotten my eight hours of sleep and I have not like so my routine is off today and I think one piece where mindfulness comes in is this more so I usually do what's called fascia blasting on Sunday mornings it's like a like a massage tool it's like scraping and um there's your muscle yeah so it's just like like I could, it's, it's like a little, like little claws and you just, so it, it helps release the fascia, which is like the connective tissue in your muscles because yeah. yeah. Anyway, I've been doing this for years and Sunday mornings are usually like my recovery mornings. Right. So I do like head to toe my whole body. So I'm like nice and relaxed by noon and I slept in until nine o'clock, which I haven't done in years. Um, but I was really tired after two nights of not enough sleep and i think where the mindfulness came in for me today was knowing if i don't get 
like a full body blast done, it's okay. So I focused on, I was like, okay, my hips are tight. I need to work on my hips and my feet because that's where I probably need it the most. And the rest of me is going, was really going to be okay if I can't get to it today. Um, but it was one of those things where, I don't know, even a few months ago, if I was thrown off my schedule of like, this is what I plan on doing. I would get in my head about it and I'd be like, I don't like my whole day is ruined because this one thing that's part of my routine can't get done. Um, so I think that's where mindfulness comes in for me is not so much staying disciplined, but being able to recover quickly when I'm thrown out of my discipline because like literally my 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 days are kind of planned down not to the minute but like to like 15 minute increments if I'm not where I like where my brain says I'm supposed to be I get really anxious so being able to not fall into anxiety when things aren't going as planned and like sitting back and saying it's okay because I'm also what I refer to as a recovering perfectionist <laughs> so yeah. um yeah and I think one that of the can things, stir you up yeah, one of the things that's really helped with that is I have been practicing yoga a lot more um still not to the point of doing like a daily practice. I, every once in a while I get daily practices in and then I miss a couple days. Um, and then like, I haven't done, well, I haven't done yoga at home in over a week. I've taught That's classes. So but, I, um, but yeah, I, I want to talk to you a bit. You're about teaching yoga. some? I, so I don't, I'm not officially a yoga teacher. <laughs> But I yeah. do, um, my, my classes on Fridays that I teach at smart sports are focused on flexibility. So I do a lot of yoga. I mean, it is yoga. I do yoga in just the, the physical sense, like moving through a flow, holding the, the positions, um, but like, I'm not certified. I can't go teach at a fancy yoga studio, but I have enough education in the rest of movement and exercise and everything that I feel comfortable teaching that. And my clients feel comfortable with me doing it. So we're all good to go. <laughs> cool. Yeah, that's all you need. I haven't been doing any yoga. I've been slack big time. Got to get back to it. <laughs> I was telling you that I'm going to a natural building workshop in California. Okay, hold on. A natural what workshop? Dang. It's coming out. A, a like natural really building workshop. Natural building. Yeah, natural building workshop. You there? Yes. Is that any better? Yes. Natural building. Work. That's 
Yes, yes. We're building building the earth and sauna. Did you hear that? Earth and sauna? What oh okay. Okay, now my uh -oh. brain's going to explode. You're going you're building an earth and sauna? Heck yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay, now I need to know more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I I just I I was looking for that's what I want to do on the property here outside of Douglas is build a like a little cob house out of you know that's clay, sand, straw, uh adobe kind of mixture, you know, with yeah. some with some rocks and all that. Anyway, yeah, I just so I figured I better go learn a thing or two. That is that is so cool. Um so I think we talked about this when we had breakfast that one day, but you've done ice baths, right? Oh yeah. Yeah, those things. <laughs> okay. So one of the things that I'm I can't say I'm working on it yet, but something that's on like on my radar to add to my business once I gotta get things moving is doing hot cold therapy. Um, so doing sauna and ice baths and like actually holding retreats and things like that. Like that's, that's the plan one day when I kill my poop in the group. And, um, so that just sounds really cool. Also just building out of earth is a whole nother, just like nerdy thing that makes my brain like glow. So, okay, so tell me more, like, what, what well, are your plans, like, what are, full on, what are your plans on the ranch? I just want to build, like, a little, a, a cob house and kind of a, a greenhouse with it, similar to those earthship structures, oh, you know, yeah. like, using passive, passive solar, and uh, kind of dig it into the hillside, and maybe ha either have a, uh, some sort of a water catchment system and um yeah yeah it's i i don't you know i i should i should have a better idea on how i'm gonna go about making that house but i i'm just hoping that through this workshop i'll have some clarity and then i kind of have a general idea of where the we're on the property i'll build it but um yeah i just that is okay i think when i get get home it'll it'll feel a lot better yeah <laughs> okay so if i'm maybe i'm not understanding this correctly so you say you want to build a greenhouse right that's part of it and yeah yep so is the structure like the house like are you talking about building a house into like out of all this stuff like where you live or is it for yeah yeah okay well you know where it's all all connected it, it's a yeah. closed loop kind of deal where you're you know your gray water's recycled and you water your garden with it and yeah, just kind of a closed loop system. Yeah, 
Okay, so then, so then is your goal, is this just, like, just for you personally? So, like, you can live completely off the grid and, like, not have to go out where there's a bunch of crazy people um, and you can just, like, self-sustain? Or is this something that you want to, like, bring more of to the community around you? I think, oh, excuse me, both would, both would be ideal, most certainly. Um, yeah, I think, I think it'd be a lot better thing for all of us to know how to build a little dirt hut for ourselves and live out of that, you know, yeah, yeah. A hobbit house and just a yeah just a just a place you can dwell and and i think there's just so energy efficient you know they make sense from what i've learned about them and um, well yeah because i mean one earth yeah. is a fabulous it's worth trying to so, fire resistant you know knew this about me but my my degrees are in architecture and structural engineering so like my brain is like cooking right now. Didn't like, know. <laughs> um, so like this, this is the stuff Shoot. that I. <laughs> I need um, to talk to you on how I should build it, huh? <laughs> well, it's it's been a hot minute since I have dived into that nerdy part of my brain, but um, it is definitely something that. I would like to know more about and learn about as you're doing it if and whatever you come back with from your uh your retreat would be phenomenal um because I like I always have this dream of like living off the grid and part of that comes from like quite honestly not trusting the government or anyone around me and all of that <laughs> but part of it just comes from like wanting to have a better connection to earth and nature and where we come from because I'm I don't know firm believer that like everything we need is already here and there's been a lot of technological advancements and things and humans being really cool whatever um, but like looking at an architectural standpoint, any building you build today lasts a hundred years, like all of the really cheap construction that's going up and they can put it up in a, in a month and it's all sorts of stuff like without maintenance and without replacing things, it is not going to withstand the test of time. However, if you look at cathedrals that were built hundreds of years ago because they were built out of stone and it took them hundreds of years to build them and generations of people to build one structure but those structures are going to last they have lasted and they're going to continue to last um i went to morocco in college to help restore an 800 year old igram which is of 
a grain storage facility and a um that's the word I'm looking for. Can't think of the word, but like where they would go in times of war, because like they could all go in there and they'd have food and you can fight and it was really cool. But it was it was this eight hundred year old tower built out of straw and mud. And that's it. Yeah. <laughs> straw and mud. <laughs> and it's it had like the thatched roof house or thatched roof, I mean. Um no, so that was made the... What kind of roof? So it's Oh, now my brain has to think of all these terms. Um, so it's made out of rammed earth, which is essentially they would build giant bricks, but they would build them in place. So each brick is like three by five, like three by three by five yeah. feet. And they would right. just layer straw and mud and then just like pound it down until they built a brick. And they would do that. Right again building the outsides and then they put what's called martube on the outside which is essentially like clay it's it's a clay-like mud with water it's plaster but it's plaster it's not it's not like we do it now where i mean whether they get stuff from a quarry or whatever they literally like dig a hole (laughs) mix it with water and then spread it all over the building and it seals it and it's like I don't know. It's just one of those things where I know we've made a lot of technological advancements as human beings, but if we go back to the way that we did things efficiently and sustainably, we don't need a lot of the technology. <laughs> like, no. there's, there's, and I know we wouldn't be able to be having this conversation over the internet without that technology. So that's the benefit, but also, I don't know. There's just so many cool things that, um, so like the mound people in, they were around St. Louis. They were a, a native American tribe people who lived down there. Like that's what, they built mounds in the ground and they lived in it and they stored their food and they like just the concept of having a root cellar and people could store food and sometimes store food longer than you can in like a modern day refrigerator um, mm-hmm. because they knew how to preserve things. And I just feel like that is something that we have lost in general in our society yeah i think it it, it'd be good it's good to live primitively it definitely puts things in perspective on how good you have when you do have a toilet to flush and a running water you know hot water yeah but, uh, I see and it's one of those things like yeah but I, I, know, I think 
So you already, you've done some building like that. Yeah, <laughs> I have. That's cool. Um, but, and one of those things is like, so when I was in Morocco, I didn't want to come back. And my mom was just like, like all these people were like, oh yeah, everyone's going to miss America. Everyone, like nobody wants to willingly live in a third world country. And I was like, um, yes, I do. <laughs> please, can I please stay? Like, I would like to live in the mountains of Morocco where, like, they just, they grow their crops and their goats and wash their clothes in the river and go to the river to collect the water that they need. And, like, it was just probably, like, the least stressed I've ever been in my life. Right. When I was just existing. A lot. Um, That's a good way of living. Yeah. And they, like, personally, I think, like, a flushing toilet is overrated. Um, yeah. <laughs> there, you, you can wash your waste away without it flushing, and you can save a lot of water, and you can, like, just True. all sorts of things. Like, have you ever heard of a Turkish toilet? No. Okay, so in like in the Middle East, North Africa, things like that, they have what they call Turkish toilets, which the fancy versions are still made of like porcelain, but essentially there's a hole in the ground and there's like a place for your feet on either side of the hole, and you squat down and there's running water that just takes the waste away and they like it's way more sanitary because you're not like sitting where somebody else's naked butt has sat um mm-hmm. and it's like uh, it's how our bodies are actually designed to poop have you ever heard of the squatty potty yeah Right, so like the squatty potty is essentially like an overpriced step stool that puts your body into a squat position so that you can poop in a squat position because that's how our bodies are designed to discard waste. Right. And like Western toilets are not built how our bodies are built, but Turkish toilets are. Um. So it's one of those things where, like, in the Western world, we like to think that we're more advanced and we're more civilized than other cultures, but their their way of doing things is actually much more efficient. So it's interesting. I didn't know that. <laughs> That's very interesting. Um... See, us Americans don't know how to crap right. We don't. That's pretty bad, huh? And the ones that learn how to do it properly pay like $60 for a bamboo (laughs) foot so that they can do it, but still on their Western toilet. Um, Right. Clean houses. Yeah. But I mean, even even houses, if they had something to sit on, would still do the the wrong thing. You need a hole in the ground hole in the ground um right 
okay this is totally it's not totally random because we were already sort of talking about poop but <laughs> we're going to talk about poop some more because i decided um so i have a theory i know that you're an outdoorsy guy um fishing and kayaking and things like that so i have a theory or maybe a statement that's one of those one of those hills I'll die on because I just decide that it is. Um, so I have a, a theory that when you go camping, you're you're not actually camping unless you can poop outside. Um, because there are people who like go glamping, like they have their campers and they have their toilets and they have whatever. So they're basically just living in an apartment that they drove into the woods. Um, right. and then there's people who will sleep in a tent, but like, will drive to the nearest, um, gas station or something to go to the bathroom. But so I have a theory that, that you are not truly camping unless you can poop outside. That's my theory. Uh, that's, that's not even a theory. That's solid. Thank, thank right you. Right there. Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> Um, I had a friend once, like, they had, like, a, a a ranking of how close to nature you were, and it all had to do with pooping outside. Um, so, like, the first one, like, you're in nature if you're pooping outside. Then closer to nature if you're pooping outside and see a wild animal. Then <laughs> if you're pooping outside and the wild animal sees you back. And then the ultimate like being part and being one with nature is if you are pooping in nature and a wild animal is pooping in nature and like looking at you where the, like it's like you guys locked <laughs> eyes both defecating somewhere in the woods and then just like move on with your lives. Just so that's like happy to be happy to be alive, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is you the know, first it's a good day if you can still pass. On my podcast. <laughs> Mind you, yeah. in my personal life. You know you're having a good day. <laughs> Agreed. Um, yeah. So what is, let's, let's go into the outdoorsiness. What is your favorite thing to do outside? Favorite thing to do outside would be, uh, oh man, just just living, you know, just breathing fresh air. Uh, I just enjoy. I don't know. There's a lot of things. I, I, that's a hard one. That's a real hard one. I enjoy just, you know, honestly, I enjoy just listening outside in nature you know i'm so grateful for that that sense that we have to hear and to like wait to see is that a lot too tremendous you know but uh yeah the, the hearing i think there's a lot of a lot being said out there when you're not you know, a lot of the time we're not even thinking about that, but it's nice to hear. It's just, yeah, just nice to hear nature talking. 
rather than yeah. us damn humans sometimes. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there was I can't remember the name of the movie, but I I watched a movie that was about like there was about this kid who was just obsessed with sound, and it was really interesting because and it wasn't all nature sounds. Um, there was a lot of like really random sounds like um kids crying and like a can of soda being opened and things like that but watching that movie really made me appreciate sound more because mm-hmm. there were things where like when you're just moving through life right when you're not being mindful of your surroundings like there's noise happening all the time or there's sounds happening all the time however you want to put that but if you sit down and listen to it there's so much happening all the time and there's like there's sounds that are like really interesting sounds that we i feel like we take for granted because they're just there yeah yeah i i agree like go ahead I was just saying like birds chirping in the morning, you know, that's, that's so nice to, I'd rather wake up to that <laughs> as a, as a wake up alarm any day, you know? Agreed. Um, yeah. so I want to do a little something. Do you like take a minute, not maybe not a minute, take a moment, listen to like the space around you and what I want to know what you hear right now. Well, can you hear that at all? The bird? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's, I don't know. Yeah, there's the bird again. The birds are talking and, oh, there's a, there's a wasp buzzing around. And then I, it's just got a good feel right now. It's got a real nice kind of gentle breeze out there. You know, you're hearing that yeah. kind of going through it. How, how about there? What's it, what's it doing there? Um, I also have some very chatty birds outside. Um, and I have my fan going so I can hear that. And then just like every once in a while, I can hear like a little gust outside. Just mm-hmm. nice. It's like, it is I nice. Do- you know what we just we're, did? We're blessed. We're blessed to live where we do, huh, Chandra? We, we, that we are. I will take a place that is more nature than humans any day. Yes. That's, we're a funny breed. <laughs> it's, it's true. Um, so I was going to say, so we just, we just meditated. And I think it's one of those things, like at the beginning of this conversation, we were talking about mindfulness. And right. I know we've talked about this in the past, but meditation has always been a difficult thing for me because I always had an idea of what meditation was supposed to be but I've learned 
that meditation is just like finding those moments and being mindful. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that was fun. And uh, like, I feel so chill right now. <laughs> oh, it was good. And just like listening to your or breathing, huh? Taking mm-hmm. some good healthy breaths and getting all the stale air out of us and bringing in some good air. It is, that is meditation, isn't it? It is. So cool. Um, Side note, last time we saw each other, you'd asked me if I had gotten into anything like, I can never say this word, right? Right. Mm. Reiki? No, that's not right. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, Ayurveda, right? Yeah, yeah. Because my home. So what I know, like, I mean, I know that you've done yoga because like we used to go to the same yoga class, but what other, like, we'll go with healing practices have you dabbled in? Wow. Let's see. That's a, that's a dang good question. Um, I think been, there's been all sorts of different um, modalities of, of healing, I guess. I think, uh, yeah, I, ju- I just, I, I like reading things on how to treat our bodies better and how to, you know, how to live a better, better life and that just came up. I, I, I had a a lady I was seeing for a little bit and she kind of mentioned it and I, I was just doshas. What are what are doshas? And she's kind of explained a little bit about how within us all there's three doshas and um I think it's like vata, pitta, and kapha or kapha. So uh but i i i don't think i'd do it justice explaining it about you or you know on the about ayurveda because i i don't know much myself but i i i believe it's like the life science you know it's it's just a you kind of get in tune with your body and what your body you listen to your body more that's so to answer your question, I, I think healing practice, I've been trying to listen to my body more and thinking more about if I really need to consume what I need to consume or what. That's, yeah, that's, that, that's helped me. I wish I, I want to talk more about Ayurveda because it's super interesting, but I don't, I really don't. I, I wish I, I wish you don't I feel like you know enough. Yeah, I don't have the knowledge to to really talk on it that much. It's a, I just found it super interesting though, and it seemed like it made a lot of sense to what we're drawn towards, like as in foods and what certain spices and how they make us feel. There's always a a counter a counter effect to what we do, so it's just knowing what your body 
wants, I think, or what it's craving at the time, kind of listening in to that more rather yeah. than, oh, I'm just going to feed, I'm just going to eat this because it's, it's, uh, I don't know, it's there or something, you know? It's there, yeah. Um, so, oh, <laughs> yeah. two things off of that. One, I'm a, like, ever since I went through eating disorder recovery, I've become like that that was the big thing was learning to listen to my body and like the concept that like if you're hungry you should eat food because it's your body telling you what you need um and i went like in that whole healing process i went through what they refer to as intuitive eating which is essentially like you eat what your body's craving and when you do that you start to realize that like your body will tell you like your body's going to tell you if you need protein or if you need carbs or if you need fat and it's going to it's going to tell you if you eat i'm not going to say the wrong kind but like it's it's going to tell you if you eat a cupcake that that's not exactly what it was looking for like sure it tasted good but you don't really feel great afterwards and it's going to tell you like that biofeedback that you get like every time you interact with your body so whether it's what you eat or how you slept or how you're moving your body like all of those things come together and it's like it's just like this amazing phenomenal thing because our our bodies are very knowledgeable like very. we like to that we're the ones controlling our body where like that's just not the case. <laughs> no, we have all sorts of parasites controlling us and little bugs and little microorganisms and everything. Yeah. Um, but to take that back to the Ayurveda is it's, I've always found it very interesting that especially like old Eastern modalities um like so literally looked it up and so it says that ayurveda is considered by many scholars to be the oldest healing science um and is a holistic approach to help people live long healthy and balanced lives so like that sounds great but that also sounds like where the health industry is or at least some of the health industry is starting to turn now because like western world is like all about controlling everything and like you want to control your weight you want to control what you're intaking you want to control like all of the things um and like there are people getting more like getting back to the idea of listening to their body and kind of going with what their body says it needs and I think I think it's interesting how knowledge cycles happen. So like a hundred, two hundred years ago, we had like the knowledge of herbs and plants that could help heal certain ailments. And now you see like there's all these supplement companies that are using those same herbs but selling them in capsules to people because 
they're like, oh, our ancestors actually knew what they were talking about. Maybe we should incorporate that into our world again. But I feel like they're doing it without giving credit to where it came from. But if you look at, like, I feel like a lot of the knowledge in the world is mostly separated by, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use the word dogma, because it's, so much of it is alike and so similar like it's so like everything is trying to get to the same end game like everyone is trying to live as long as they can as healthy as they can as balanced as they can and there's all of these different ways to get there and i've seen some practitioners of various things who i think do like a great a great job of understanding that just because someone doesn't practice what I practice, it doesn't mean that they haven't found like the, the thing that works for them because it's like each individual is going to click with different things better. But like when you get down to the root of it, Western medicine and Eastern medicine are the are very similar but it's how the information gets out to people that is different does that make sense mm-hmm yeah. yeah yeah most certainly i think i ayurveda just seems like a good a wonderful practice to do doesn't it i mean why not yeah. try to eat eat live foods living foods and that's that's the thing is that would shoot we just can go go to the grocery store we don't there's that disconnection between our food and and us mm -hmm. and i think the energy that you put into the food you know like growing it and that takes on energy and yeah, yeah just fueling your body with good good energy yourselves feeding yourselves with good good stuff i agree i think and there's so there's so many ways to do that whether it's gardening or hunting or even sourcing so like me i'm not a hunter i i've just never learned it's something where like i feel like i'd want to someday just because I am very much a meat eater <laughs> um, and would like to be able to relatively source my own meat. But for people who can't do that, don't have the skills, don't have the, like, for whatever, don't have the ability, like, finding a place where, like, you trust how they treat the animals and sourcing your meat that way um is i think definitely if if you can't put your own energy into it knowing what kind of energy has been put into that animal before you consume it i think is something that ideally 
we should be conscious of. That yeah. makes sense. Oh yeah. That's a whole crazy cycle in itself, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, how that works from from a uh, farm to table. Yeah. And I think, like, Wyoming, not as much with produce, like fruits and vegetables, fruits mostly. Um, there are a lot of things that if you know how to, you can get to grow here. But. Yeah. We're Just a, short grown. Season, yeah. Huh? It is, but there's ways to manipulate that. Like you can build raised beds, which usually lengthen the season. You can build greenhouses, which will lengthen the season. Um, yeah. I think the big. Yeah. I don't think the season or the weather so much is the biggest hardship. I think the elevation is. Um, because it's like you just true. literally a point where things don't grow over a certain elevation and the higher or the closer you get to that point the harder it is for them to grow um but again there are ways there's ways to manipulate that to make it more available but then there's also right. like one of the things that i i like i think about my ancestors I can't, I come from Norway, right? Like I'm Norwegian. Um, they ate fish and potatoes. So like that's, <laughs> that's like, they're, yeah, those they're, are staple. that's what they got. <laughs> um, but it's one of those things where, and like finding that mix between modern times and modern conveniences and also tying back to our ancestors and the knowledge that we have from our ancestors so like having the ability to say i want to be able to eat with the seasons because there are things that will grow in pretty much every season in wyoming if you like root vegetables <laughs> or if you're willing to eat like if you're willing to eat turnips and potatoes and carrots and radishes like if you yeah. throw those in the ground in August and you're going to have a crop like in November, December, January, um, even it, like, because we don't get too many like deep freezes that like freeze all the way through the soil, you know? Um, but right. it's one of those things where even even if you just rely on a grocery store, noticing what's on sale is usually what's in season. Like that's that's what is growing Ooh. abundantly somewhere. And so like it's the people who right. are like, I want to be able to eat strawberries in December. Like, okay, that's cool. But um strawberries are finding a balance between like what you can grow at home and what you need to supplement from a grocery store or a farmer's market um would be i mean my ideal life would be like building a commune 
yeah. where like we have a community garden and greenhouse and like everybody puts in some of the work and uses their skills um basically i like want to build a medieval town and live in it <laughs> that'd be awesome <laughs> we'll get on it you you learn how looking, to build you're looking for property aren't you <laughs> see that's that's the hardest part is that we live in a society that to have property you have to have money to have money you have to have like a standard nine to five job some way to make enough money to buy the property to make it so that you don't have to rely on money to live anymore and it's like it's like you have to be well off before you're allowed to build something sustainably it's annoying yeah you do have to have that chunk of change huh you do unless I it is gnarly isn't it it is and it's it's crap is what it is because the earth does not belong to anyone financially like i do not care how many tax men would knock down my door land does not belong to them the earth is like the earth belongs to all of us and the fact that anyone is out there saying that it in order to have a piece of it you have to go through their fiery hoops is quite honestly just utter bullshit so (laughs) (laughs) how i feel about that (laughs) right oh we us humans we just have all too many agendas is what it is you know it's true we do we like to control one another and this and that i agree weird real weird I think it's, honestly, I think it all stems from fear. Like, people try to control around them because they're afraid that if they don't control it, that, I don't know. It's too unfamiliar. Yeah, Yeah. I I know what you're saying. I, I agree. Well, that's where a lot of our bad thinking comes, comes into play is fear, you know, fear of all sorts of different things. Fear of being judged, fear of failure, you know, fear of whatever. But yeah, it's it's uh it's good to have some you you can't let fear rule your life though, huh? It's I mean fear to a certain extent of of but yeah, I can't let that think, poison your brain. Right. I think the most successful people I know and success is like just defined here as like the people who have been able to find their spot in life, I I think are the kind of people who embrace fear. So they're like almost 
almost like a thrill seeker type. Like, I know that this is scary, but I have to do it anyway. Right. Um, that's a good, that's how you have to meet life kind of, huh? If you're gonna, yeah. if you want to, well, we, we all perceive things different, but yeah, I, I agree with you on that. We, we need to meet things with, uh, <laughs> with a good attitude and like, uh, a healthy mindset, huh? Yeah. Well, what else is happening today? What do you? So we're going to go to our game. Oh, so we've got yeah. three questions. Um, you get an answer first since you're the guest. Um, so first question, what fictional place would you most like to go to? Fictional place to go to. Yeah. Oh, shit. Probably. Well, wait a second now. I was going to say Never Never Land. <laughs> uh, I don't want to get old. No, I'm just shitting. What about yours? Um, I would say, like, my first thought was Hogwarts. Um, second thought was the Shire. Go live with some hobbits. Um... <laughs> Pretty much anywhere, like any, any period piece. I just, I don't, I don't know that I would like society back in the Middle Ages either, but I'm not a huge fan of modern society. So I would like to go fictional, mm, yeah we'll go with the shire we'll go to the shire that's where we're gonna go oh yeah um okay what why do you think so many marriages end in divorce so many marriages end in divorce because um the the couples just don't grow together yeah, we evolve through like, or you know, we're like a river. We're always changing and stuff. So if you don't, yeah, change together or I that and don't you suppose uh like uh jealousy of, of I think that gets a lot of people too. Ego. Yeah. There we go. E ego and uh. Yeah, not changing. Um, I agree. Um, I'm going to give you a follow-up question before I answer mine. Do you, just as yourself, do you view divorce and or the breakup of a relationship as an inherently bad thing? No. Not at all. Nope. That makes me happy to hear because I'm not the only one then. <laughs> right. No, we got to live, you know. It's not yeah, a bad I th thing. I think, so I think, like you said, not growing together. So my 
my answer was going to be communication. Like, I think the two big things are a lack of communication. And by that, I don't just mean like, hey, honey, did you take out the trash? But like, actually continually getting to know your partner. Yeah. And because everybody changes every day. And right. you have to keep like reintroducing yourself. And it's like a constant um like a constant measurement of like is this the person who i'm choosing again today and i think that's a big part is like relationships are not love and happily ever after relationships no. are a lot of work and relationships come with a lot of choice because like i feel like there are days that you might not even be attracted to your partner like whatsoever like, whether it's, like, you're just not attracted to human beings that day. Like, I know I have that because, I don't know, I <laughs> I find For humans sure. a lot. Like, I think it's really funny. I believe in humanity and its beauty, and I also think that it's, like, a dumpster fire. So, um, but making that choice, that's an active choice of, like, I'm going to show up today. Um, I think another big reason that so many marriages end in divorce is that a lot of people view marriage as the end game and so don't like they're more worried about getting married than they are about knowing their partner so i think it i mean it still comes down to communication but i think part of it is not knowing who your partner is before you make that commitment but also not knowing who you are before you make that commitment. Mm. Um, because like, if you don't know who you are and you get into a marriage, you, and I'm going to say this from my own personal experience, you will become whatever like that person wants you to be for the sake of the relationship. Um, yeah. I will say for myself, like, I did not know who I was until after my divorce, like, well after. It took me a few years, and, like, like I pretty solidly know who I am now, but when I was married, I was just, like, I did not have my own identity. I was a wife, I was a mom, I was a worker, and that was, like, it. And now I have a voice that I share openly with anyone who will listen. So. <laughs> Heck yeah, girl. Okay, yeah, as, last as question. It should be. So this this one could be kind of rough. Um, what is something nobody knows about you? Something nobody knows about me. Um, let's see here. Something nobody knows. Uh, let's see. There's got to be some skeletons in the closet, huh? Right. <laughs> <laughs> I have to be a digging. Um, damn, that's a that's a rough one, Chandra. Yeah, I I didn't write it. <laughs> I think 
Well, I don't know, you know, who knows what others perceive or something. But I think I maybe just like my well, I can I think it's kind of become quite apparent these days. Just like my um Oh, I have a hard time of with attachment, I think. Okay. Yeah, I think it's like you get too attached or no i i I, when it when i start to feel it it's like i i skedaddle oh yeah okay (laughs) yeah i think that's a (laughs) well you know when like at the end of relationships or something i i don't know if what i've i has just been doing some thinking lately you know about with having a mate or not and I've enjoyed not having one and I think that I've never told my mates in the past that I have a commitment deal or like I can't fully invest and I think that's deeper rooted you know so yeah there that I think that's something that I no one knows about me I think um I, so I, I will go with, I empathize with that. Um, my, my boyfriend probably does not appreciate me saying this or thinking this, but there's like, there's a part of me and I don't think it's like, it's not the whole part of me, obviously, because I'm choosing to be in a relationship, but like, I've, I've been single and independent so much of my life. I feel like there is a part of me that is always going to be perpetually single, even if the majority of me chooses a relationship. That makes sense? Yeah. Because, like, uh, or you, you can blame it on me being an Aquarius, too. I really like my individualism. I really like my me time. But that doesn't mean that I don't also like time with a partner. And one of my struggles has been trying to find a balance between that and also not running away. Like, not not just, like, leaving a relationship because I have the urge to be alone. Because the urge to be alone doesn't last forever, for me at least. Right. Instead, being able to have that conversation with my partner and saying like, hey, I love you, but I don't actually want you around right now. (laughs) Right. Being straight up. It's interesting. Um, So let's see. Something nobody knows about me. I won't say nobody, um, but we'll go with very few people. I feel, I feel, um, but I'm going to say very few people know that I am like, essentially like the softest, squishiest, most like adorable little creature. (laughs) Um, I have a very like to the outward, outward world. I 
I present a lot of strength and like strength, confidence, just like knowing what I want and what I'm doing. And even when I present vulnerability to the world, I usually present it through the eye of strength. Um, because I feel like vulnerability is one of the strongest things that you can do. <laughs> um, but there's not very many people in my life who have seen like what I consider my actual soft side. Like I've told people it exists. A lot of them don't believe me. <laughs> mm. Um, but there's, I mean, I, I think I can count on like less than a hand how many people have actually met that side of me. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. You put up a, we, we put barriers up and don't even realize it sometimes, you know? Yeah, I agree. <laughs> um, But it's one of those things, like those barriers are there for a reason. Yeah. And... I don't think everyone is supposed to have access to every part of you. So I agree. agree. All right. So before we wrap this up, is there, if there was one thing that you think the world needs to know or to hear, what is it? One thing the world needs to know or to hear. Um, that we should take good care of our water. <laughs> that we should uh, interact out of love. You know, I think I think that may be some good things. And yep, I suppose that's the only, the the way. The only wisdom I have for the day. <laughs> it's not the only wisdom. It's just the last bite of wisdom. <laughs> um, well, Clay, yeah. thank you very there much for joining me on the Common Humanity Podcast and for having a real human conversation with me. <laughs>